We have made it through another week. Take a deep breath because it is time for a mental health break. Vincent here, and I'm going to switch things up a bit this week. For today's show, I'm going to go through some mental health stories I've seen in the news. Maybe we can resonate a bit with what's going on. And of course, recognize that we are all in this together. Let's get started today. First one I'm going to look at is from the Texas Tribune, a little bit away from me in Florida, but it's titled Harris County Judge Lena Hildago Extends Mental Health Leave. I think this is very, very important now. We're recognizing here that even in these top positions, mental health is still a priority. It needs to be for so long. And I use this example a lot. We'll keep quiet about it. But if we break our finger, our hand, our leg, we're going to rehab and we're going to get right. The same thing needs to go with our brain. The article lists here that the county's top elected official will be discharged from a mental health facility this weekend and plans to return to work on October 2nd after two weeks of outpatient therapy. Now, I'm not going to dive into this as an article write-up, normally like a spotlight story, but I want to touch on a few stories and just comment a bit on it. Here we're seeing that she took time away. She stepped away and now she's returning to work. I love to hear from some of you listening on today. Is your workplace similar and that they'll be accepting of you coming back after a mental health break? I know more and more companies are becoming more mental health friendly, I guess you could say. But I know there is still that fear in many industries where saying you have a mental health challenge, you're going through it right now, you need to take some time may adverse affect your role at the company. The title of this article struck me right away, Urgent Care for Mental Health, How a Maryland Clinic is Helping Thousands of Patients. I can't wait to dive into this one here, where as the need for medical health care has surged, a specialized walk-in clinic in Maryland is serving as a model for other companies and communities nationwide. It operates like an urgent care But for all mental health needs for all ages, I have not heard of something like this. So I think this is a great step in the right direction. A little quote here I'd like to include, quote, I needed help then and there, said Pam Yerby, Hammock, a former patient of the clinic. And she described her struggle with mental health as sudden and traumatic. And I know she's not alone there. She went on to say, I found myself in a really dark place not knowing what to do and where to go. This is really great work. I'd love to hear from some of you as well, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, email is info at vincentalancy.com. Do you have an urgent care for mental health clinic near you? This is going to set off a domino effect, I hope, where more and more communities and states will adopt this practice. I have an urgent care, of course, near me, several of them, but they're not mental health focused. And now, More than ever, mental health is getting the attention it finally deserves. This is really great. I would love to hear some feedback if anyone also, and they feel comfortable sharing, visited one of these clinics and what their takeaways were. Does Gen Z struggle more with mental health than millennials? A new polling shows signs of a shift, and the article puts a smaller share of Gen Z is thriving compared to millennials at the same age. And members of Gen Z are far less likely to describe their mental health as, quote, excellent, according to this study. It went on to say less than 47% of Gen Z Americans are thriving in their lives, 
among the lowest across all generations in the U.S. today and a much lower rate than millennials at the same age. This study, which was released Thursday, aims to reflect the voices of Gen Z on key issues that this generation face. And this research surveyed more than 3,000 people, I learned, from age 12 to 26 in April and May of this year. The decisions affecting public policy, learning environments, and workplaces should consider the perspectives of, not about, Gen Z, the challenges they face, and the solutions that best fit their unique needs. And I think this is a very interesting story for many reasons, but also how different each generation is. It's truly remarkable to see us all coexist, some areas better than others, but this is a very, very difficult time. Not to say that past times were not difficult as well. Please don't take that away. But right now, the world is truly, in many ways, upside down. When COVID came, all of these kids knew was to go to school, have fun, study, make friends, play sports maybe, go to music lessons. And everything was stripped away because of something they truly couldn't understand at the time. I think we need to continue to be there for our younger generations. One of the many reasons why I started writing children's books, created the Healthy Minds book series. I want to let these kids know it is okay to have feelings and emotions. And although every day can't be sunny, we could find a way to put sunshine on top of rain. I really emphasize that with my story when I use my story in schools where I didn't expect much. I had to relearn to walk and talk. But even though there weren't high expectations for me, and I challenge everyone out there, no matter what the situation is, expectations are just that. And you've heard me say this. They are what people expect. If you challenge yourself and commit yourself to excellence, there is no expectation standing in your way. Excuse me. And you can expect to shatter those expectations. I want to touch on two more articles with this episode today. I'm trying to touch on a few different states and not being biased to my home of Florida or New York. This one is from Cali, a Cal Matters article. We've got a very big title here. We are horrified. Late changes to Newsom's $6 billion mental health bond surprise advocates. In summary, the article says California voters will see a mental health ballot measure on the March 2024 election. One would issue a $6 billion bond to create housing for people with mental illnesses. I love this. I'm not too familiar with this being in Florida and this in California. So I'll dive in for a few paragraphs. A last minute change to one of Governor Gavin Newsom's signature mental health proposals this week shocked advocates for disabled Californians who called the move, quote, a bait and switch that could open the door to involuntary institutionalization of people with mental health illnesses. Now, this is saying involuntary. So this is something to keep an eye on, especially those of you on the West Coast. This dispute centers on a more than $6 billion bond that would be used to build treatment facilities and supportive housing for people suffering from mental illness or addiction disorders. It's a companion to a separate proposal likely heading to the ballot that would adjust California's 20-year-old Mental Services Act in a way that would compel more local governments to spend more money on housing for homeless people with mental illnesses. The bond was not controversial this year until the final week of the legislative session when the bill that would place it on the ballot was amended in a way that stripped the language prohibiting the money from being used on involuntary confinements. 
and the replacement language mirrors the 2020 the 2021 legislation that created the behavioral health continuum infrastructure program which if many of you remember was a 2.2 billion dollar investment that has been used to fund locked facilities that like acute psychiatric hospitals i'll wrap this up with the senate today voted 35 to 2 to place the bond on the ballot in a 63 to 7 concurrence vote assembly makers accepted the amendments and the bond will go for the before the voters on the march ballot one quote to end this was we are horrified said samuel jane a senior attorney with disability rights california the administration at the last possible moment put in language that completely changes the intent of this bill it seems like a lot of people are shocked and distraught let's keep an eye on that and one more i'll touch on before i wrap up today an article from ABC News where mobile crisis teams still sidelined despite growing need for mental health services in U.S. advocates warn. Advocates say these teams offer a humanity first lens to mental health. I think many of us can get on board with that. And in the summer of 2022, on a balmy Midwestern day, Marissa Stevenson said she found herself grooving to the Steve Miller band at a stranger's house. Now, this article was not in 2022 for everyone. This was September 14th, 2023. Stevenson, a licensed counselor, was in the apartment of the south side of Minneapolis because the woman who lived there, indigenous, late 60s, living alone, the article puts, had called the city's 988 lifeline. She was suicidal. And Stevenson's team at Canopy Roots, a behavioral crisis unit composed of mental health professionals devoted to responding to these situations in place of the police, was there to help. The iconic tune from the 70s she danced to, The Joker, was just one way they de-escalated the situation, providing the woman the care she needed. That model of using mental health professionals to respond to behavioral crises that would typically go through 911 is not unique to Minneapolis. It's, I've learned here that these mobile crisis teams have been around for decades in Oregon, Arizona, and Georgia. Unfortunately, not seen by Florida here, but federal agencies like the DOJ and Departments of Health and Human Services have praised these teams as essential to addressing mental health and substance abuse crisis. I would personally love to see more of these teams around. I hope you enjoyed this special episode diving into some mental health stories around the country. If this is something you enjoyed, please let me know. Info at vincentalancy.com or podcastsbylancy at gmail.com. I would love to hear what you think. And of course, if there are any questions anyone out there would love to hear me ask the guests, please let me know. If you'd like to see another different type of episode other than an interview like today go down, let me know. But before I sign off, I want to show love to my good friend Carlos and his team at Tampa Counseling and Wellness. We talked about it a bit today. You are not alone. If you feel like you need someone to talk to, reach out to Carlos and his team. They just extended their services so they have even more to offer. Their info is in the episode description and their website is tampacw.com. I'm signing off this week here in New York as I came up for the Jets-Bills game. What a crazy game. That can be a podcast for another day. But I'll catch you all next week in Tampa Bay. Have a great weekend ahead. And remember, you are enough. You're doing great. And the best is yet to come.